Welcome to the Noon at Northside podcast with your host, Pastor Stephanie. Well, welcome back, everybody. So we are into the month of October, and with a new month, obviously, comes a new topic. And this topic this month is, you know, we're keeping it pretty simple. It's all about what is worship. Worship seems to be one of those topics that everyone thinks they understand what worship is. And then you ask people, well, what is worship? And everyone comes up with a different answer. Everyone has something different to say. No one can agree on it. And it never seems to encompass all that worship is. And so with the idea of this year about, you know, bridging gaps and crossing divides and coming together as the body of Christ, one of the biggest things that helps us do that is, in fact, worship, which is why we're going to be talking about that this month. So let's dive deep into, you know, the topic of what is worship. For starters, worship is so much more than just the songs we sing on Sunday morning. Let me just start off by saying that. Worship, by definition, is, you know, how we give thanks, how we show praise, how do we show adoration for our creator, our savior, God. It comes out in multiple different ways, and it's about how we respond to God with us, how we respond to the Holy Spirit in us, how we respond to being filled with his presence you know, when the Spirit moves us, it's all about how do you react to it? What comes from you as a response? You know, one of the things we talk about when we talk about, you know, sanctification, spiritual formation, you know, anything that has to deal with our salvation, we talk about how there is a dual part to it. The first part is, is it's a form of grace. And for anything to be a form of grace, that means it's a gift from God. It's something that God does, and we have no control over it. We cannot control our salvation. It's not in our hands. There's nothing we can do to earn salvation. It's a gift given to us. It was a grace provided for us because Jesus made the sacrifice that he made on the cross that he gave his life up, that he sent to his disciples the Holy Spirit. And with the Holy Spirit comes the gifts of grace that God bestows upon his creation, his followers, his disciples, his children. And we have no control over that. That's one part of our salvation. The other part is that salvation is also how we respond, how we grow and mature in that grace because we don't our salvation is not just oh I'm asking for forgiveness God forgives and then that's it there's so much more to it our life is filled with moments of constantly choosing God saved or unsaved like we're constantly choosing to follow Christ day after day moment after moment we're growing in his word We're maturing so that we can listen for his voice, for his commands, for his guidance and his grace in our lives. And 
even though salvation comes as a gift, we participate in that gift by responding to him with thanks, adoration, and praise. And that's what worship is. It's how we show that, show that praise, show that thanksgiving, show that adoration to God, our Savior, our Creator, our Redeemer, our Deliverer. And worship it can be expressed in so many different ways because we're so different. You just have to, you know, think about, you know, as we've mentioned that we are all part of the body of Christ. We're all given different gifts. We're all created differently so that we can each make up the body the way it's designed. You know, I've mentioned in previous episodes of this podcast that the body of Christ is made up of different members because each member has its job. If you think about the human body, you know, and it's mentioned in the Bible, you wouldn't say, the foot wouldn't say to the hand, like, you don't do what I do, so you must not be worthy because the hand has its own job, the foot has its own job, and both are equally important to the body, despite the fact that they're completely different. And I've also mentioned that, you know, the way the body works is even though every single part functions differently, it's all one system. And when one thing doesn't function properly, everything else goes out of whack. Everything else starts to shut down and cause problems. And nothing works correctly because one part is misaligned or not functioning properly. In the body of Christ, you know, the church, which is what we are, we are a collective of different people, each with different gifts and different callings to fulfill the complete purpose of God, the what's called the Missio Dei, the mission of God. Each one of us has a different role, a different task to play, which is why we have different gifts. And if one of us isn't performing our gifts the way we're supposed to or using our gifts the way we're called to, the mission of God is incomplete. The church is incomplete. The body of Christ is incomplete, which is why worship is expressed in so many different ways, because each of us have a different mindset, a different calling, a different expression of thanks, adoration, praise, because we're made differently. Most people, you know, use the form of worship as music to express, you know, all of that, to express their feelings, to express their emotions. You know, music is a great tool for worship because its function in the brain is so different than words and, you know, speaking. There's something about music that touches us, touches us in a, a you know, microscopic way. You know, the neurons on our brain fire differently just from the sound of music. It boils up in us different emotions, different types of praise and adoration. There is something scientifically, biologically about music that connects us in a way that we never thought we could be connected. And that's why music is such a great way to express, you know, what is going on inside of us, our participation in salvation with God. It, sometimes it doesn't even matter the words that we're singing. You know, there's a, 
a constant like meme online that goes around talking about um, cr- contemporary Christian music is written so weird because it's only got like four different chords in it and we repeat the bridges over and over and over again and people who study music find that weird because to them it's oh that's not real music there's no crescendos and decrescendos and there's no uh, variety of notes and measures and all that stuff even though there is most of the time but the thing about contemporary christian music is that it's not so much you know what the music is or even what the words say it's about how it expresses our thanksgiving to god how it expresses our praise and who god is it's about taking the time to even in the matter of a three-minute song to say i believe in jesus christ I will do what he's called me to do. I put my faith and trust in him no matter what the circumstances are. That I will show him love through an endless number of tasks that he asked me to with other people, with him, with myself, and so on and so forth. It's so much more than just here's the words on the page, here's the four chords, and let's sing some songs. Because worship isn't just about that. Another thing about that that's interesting, especially when you talk about music, is worship, even though it's about how the Spirit moves us, and it's about the emotions of praise and thanksgiving, it is not about feelings. Worship is not just, oh, I feel like praising God right now. Or this song makes me feel sad or makes me feel good. You know, there's a a strange idea. You know, you'll look around the congregation when we're singing worship songs. And some people are praising their hearts out. You know, their eyes are closed. Their hands are lifted. They are so in the moment because they're being moved by the Spirit. And then there's people who could be standing right next to them who are paying very little attention to what's happening. They're not singing the song, they're not moving, and you know, whatever. And sometimes you go up to that person and say, okay, what's up? Like, do you not feel like praising today? And they're like, well, I just didn't like that song. It doesn't speak to me. And so you wait for the songs that quote unquote speak to you. But the point of worship is to praise God no matter what. You know, old hymns are all written very theologically. You know, they're from Scripture. They are the Word of God through music. And the point of worship, whether we like the song or whether it's our style, whether we even understand the words, you know, whatever, whether it makes us feel something or not, to speak those words, to sing that music, it's a form of praise. Even if it doesn't make us feel certain emotions, even if it doesn't make me want to raise my hands and 
move and close my eyes and or call me to the altar to pray. That's not the point of worship. Worship is not about just having those, you know, high emotion periods because there are periods of time where those emotions don't come up. Sometimes we're not overcome with joy. Sometimes we're not, you know, super depressed or sad. Sometimes we're just in a moment where I'm praising God. And worship is not just about expressing the high emotions or the low emotions. It's about praising God no matter what we feel. You know, speak the words and print them on your heart. To speak them is to give them power. You know, whether they make us feel something or not, they are a way of us saying, I'm going to sing this song because it is worship and I am praising God one way or another. Now, worship doesn't have to be music. Worship is supposed to just be an expression of your praise. And it can happen in any different way. You know, I'm an artist, and I express a lot of my praise and worship when I'm creating pieces of art. You know, when I'm sitting at my computer making some kind of graphic design, to me, that's how I express praise. I'm creating something for God. Sometimes I just sit and create, you know, little like prayer cards or Bible verses, or I make something I think, you know what, this is very botanical, and it reminds me of the creation outside, the wonderful nature that God has made, and reminds me of all that God has created, how he's created it, why he's created it. And even while I'm creating this digital piece of art, I'm thinking about how great my God is. And I am praising him in that way. And I'm also praising him by using my talents, using my gifts to honor him. And by honoring him, I mean I'm using the gifts that he's given me in a way that shows him, you know, awe and respect and shows the world that I am a chosen follower of God. This past March, you know, I was down in Texas for um, the Women's Clergy Conference um, for, uh, you know, as a woman clergy person, you know, got to go down there with a bunch of other women from around the country. And it was so beautiful because during our moments of worship, we had so many different things happening. Yes, there was a band on stage leading us in songs, but there was also a person over the side painting a picture. On the other side, there was a group of women who were dancing and, um, you know, moving uh, with, you know, fabrics and with um, flags. And even though that's not like my style, you know, I'm not the type of person to get up in front of a bunch of people and you know, move flags as a form of, you know, action and movement and praise. But for those women, that was the best way that they could show God what they had inside of them. 
They showed thanksgiving for what they could do with their bodies. They showed beauty in the things that they were holding and they were moving. And to them, that was the purest form of praise they could do in that moment. And even though that's not my style of worship, that was their style of worship. And it's still worship. Worship doesn't have to look a certain way because we're not that type of person. We're, we're all made differently. You could just think about, you know, how we cross cultures. Every culture has a different way to worship because we're all made differently. We're from different backgrounds. We're from different, you know, generations. We're from different places that have different histories. And worship looks different. Worship is meant to look different. If every single person showed praise to God in the exact same way, we wouldn't be, first off, representing God's creation because God's creation is filled with variety. It's filled with differences. It's filled with an endless amount of opportunity and potential. And second, Think about what God is receiving. This is about praising God. And God wants to see a vast amount of gifts being used, grace being honored, you know, people expressing themselves in every way possible. Some people write things down. You know, this past Sunday here at Northside, we had a, a, a little girl come up on stage and read a poem song that she had written. And for her, that was the greatest you know, expression of worship she had, to get up and to write down her you know, love of God, her acceptance of God, her salvation with God. She showed him worship with the words that she could create on paper. That's a form of worship. Some people um, can play, they don't have to sing, they play musical instruments as a form of worship. Prayer is a form of worship, which is why, you know, when you pray, it's a communication with God. And usually when prayer, we pray, you know, even Jesus told us to start off prayer with a moment of thanksgiving, to thank God for being there, to thank God for the circumstances that you are and the good in your life. Worship is so much more than the little box we try to put it in. And that's why it's important to hear what worship is from a ton of different people for you to express what worship is to you and to not, so to speak, force yourself to express worship just in another person's way. Just because one person expresses worship in one way doesn't mean that's something you have to do. You know, one of the things I wanted to mention was there's actually, you know, you've probably heard of it, you know, in the last few decades, if not half a century, there have been this worship wars going on 
where it's the constant debate about whether or not in church we should sing hymns or we should sing the more contemporary songs. And some people, you know, leave churches because the type of music isn't what they want. The type of worship isn't what they expected. I know a lot of people who, you know, don't want to come to certain churches because they're like, well, the worship just isn't my thing. And the point of saying that is they have the wrong idea of what worship is. Because worship isn't, like I've mentioned, it's not how you feel. It's not, you know, what makes you feel. It's how you respond to the movement of the Spirit. I, for one, will be honest, I don't like hymns. They don't speak to me. They don't make me feel anything. I find them confusing, and I find the music written a little weird. But when someone gets up on stage and starts singing a hymn, you can be quite sure that I'm the first person in the congregation singing the hymn. Because it's not about me. It's about God. And worship isn't about me liking the music or understanding the words. It's me participating in whatever it is as a sign that I'm a follower of God that I love God, and that I'm showing him praise in every moment and in every way. You don't have to like the same style of worship as someone else to worship. You know, you could be someone who is super into hymns, and if we're singing contemporary songs, join in, because that's worship. And you should never forego a moment of worship just because it doesn't fit your style or your emotions. You should participate because that's what worship is. It's about participating. And if, to be honest, if a person isn't participating in worship, then they're not worshiping. Worship is a very simple and yet complicated thing. Because it's easy for me to say, you just have to participate. It's easy for me to say, let it, let it, people express their worship in their own ways. And then, you know, I can turn around and be like, okay, well, if I'm in charge of worship today, I'm going to pick out, you know, such and such songs, and these are the ones that I like, and these are the ones that I know how to sing. You know, I actually had, you know, a few people ask me, because for anyone who knew, within the last year, you know, I was a part of our church's worship team, and then I stopped. And the reason, you know, wasn't because of, you know, whatever. You know, I didn't have any problems. I didn't, you know, stop liking it. It was because I was focusing on all the wrong things when I was up there. I I had I was struggling internally with it because I wanted to make it more of a performance. I wanted to sing songs that I knew how to sing or that fit my vocal range. 
I wanted to make sure I sang it perfectly. I wanted to make sure the notes were right, that the words were correct. And I was forgetting about the point of worship, that it's about praising God. And it hit me one day that every time I got up there, I wasn't actually worshiping. I was just singing. And I wanted to be able to actually participate in worship again. One of the best moments of worship I've ever had as a worship leader was a few months ago when I was asked to just cover worship one day because our other worship leaders were gone. And I picked a song that I had sung many times already. And after having decided that I needed to participate in worship again, getting up there and leading that song brought me to tears because the Spirit had finally moved in me to pay attention to what I was saying, to declare that there was a king. And I couldn't finish the song because I was crying in tears of joy so much from finally getting to actually worship in that moment. It didn't matter that I had sang it so many other times before because to me, those weren't worship. Because I didn't participate. I didn't let the Spirit move in me. But that one moment, even though I had embarrassed myself up on stage crying, even though I sang all the notes off key because I was choking back the tears and my face was red and blotching, my eyes were red and there were tears streaming down my face, it was the best moment of worship I had had in a very long time because I allowed the spirit to be the one who moved instead of me. I allowed God to speak, and I listened. We have a, a, a real problem in this day and age of speaking and not listening, doing and not listening. And worship is about listening and praising. And the last thing I want to say is whether you are alone or with other people, or here with the congregation at church. Worship should be about you praising God, thanking Him, adoring Him, remembering who He is and what He's done. Worship should be so much more than just what you feel or the words you sing, even though they are powerful. Worship is so much more than that. And we need to allow ourselves to remember that. We need to, you know, think and say, you know what? When I'm worshiping, I'm going to participate by allowing God to move and speak. That's all that I've got for you guys today. Um, in our next episode, we're going to have 
um, hopefully our worship leaders here with us to kind of go over, you know, what worship is to them. So you guys can get another perspective of worship from other people, because my perspective of worship is probably not the only one, and it shouldn't be. If we're in the business of crossing divides and building up the body of Christ, bridging gaps, we need to understand worship from every person's perspective. You know, I've told you my story, and now it's a chance to hear someone else's. So I hope you guys can join us again in our next episode. And until then, I'll see you guys real soon.